0: This is Annie stevens gleason Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist right to for March 5th, 2023.
1: Good, good morning. morning. Welcome, welcome to, to Church, Church of the, of the Redeemer. Redeemer. Uh, it, uh, it happened uh, Sunday. Sunday. It happened. It came it came around. Around. Sunday, Sunday is here, is here again. again and you made it, made it and you're, it, and you're here. here. And we get to be together, and it is a true joy um, and, a, and a pleasure to have the opportunity to worship with you. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time. For those of you who are joining us for the first time in a long time, it is so good to have you with us. We love that you're here. Um, And I want to say a special welcome to those who are joining our live stream online. Thank you for being with us today. We're glad to have you. If you'd like to get to know us better, you can find us on our website, redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a Y.org. Click on the About tab there. You can learn all about us, connect with us, and we can learn more about you and welcome you into the life of this beloved community. I do have a few announcements I'd like to make this morning, and then we'll begin our worship. Throughout Lent, there will be kids' chapel during both the 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. services. Um, right now, we've, this morning, we've got Mr. Tommy's He's going to be leading that, and he's in the back waving. So if you are a uh, kid who wants chapel and wants to go to chapel, or if you're an adult who wants your kid to go to chapel, you go, oh, yes, and there are donuts. Tommy's got donuts, so if you want a donut hole, Carol's going. That's good. Uh, I knew it. I knew it. Hey, listen, you define kid however you want, uh, and you'll be back in time uh, for communion, so head on back. We continue our Lenten study throughout. We have two Lenten series uh, this, this season, one during Sunday mornings and one on Wednesday evenings. We continue our Lenten study today at 10 a.m. immediately following the service in the parlor. Join us for the breach. For our fifth year of engagement and our long-term commitment to becoming beloved community, Church of the Redeemer is embarking upon a series on justice called Repairing the Breach in Society and Institutions. The breach that begins right at 10 a.m. If you missed last week, it's totally okay. Please join us, uh, and and that goes for our Wednesday series as well. We kicked off our Wednesday Lenten series last week. That is called Among All People, The Christian Call to Racial Justice in America. I am co-leading that with Megan Hughes Johnson, a member here at the church, and if you missed that last week, you absolutely can join this week. Um, That that begins Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. with Eucharist in the chapel. And then at 6.30, we'll begin with a soup and bread supper, and we will begin uh, our conversations around that time. There is child care available. If that otherwise would have been a hindrance for you, come bring your kiddos. There's food for them and, and someone to look out for them while you're in that service. So these are different ways that you can get engaged um, with our Becoming Beloved Community commitment throughout Lent. And I hope you will take a chance to do that for one or both of those courses. This week, we published our Holy Week schedule, so please make sure to check our website under the Connect tab, as well as on our Church of the Redeemer app, where you'll find a Holy Week tab. You click on that. Um, There is a lot of upcoming programming, so you can make sure to check the events page on our website or on the app. And I want to encourage everyone, if you have not already, to download that Church of the Redeemer app, which I am using for these announcements. You go to look up Redeemer Cincy with a Y in your app store, whether you be iPhone or Android, there is a place for you at Church of the Redeemer so uh, these are the things i wanted to let you know about i invite you please to stand as you are able and we will begin our worship together
2: Bless the Lord who forgives all our sins. Mercy Jesus said the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these.
1: Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful Merciful.
0: God.
2: The Lord be with you. And also with you let us pray O God whose glory it is always to have mercy be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word Jesus Christ your son Who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
3: The first lesson from the book of Genesis. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him." It's the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, everyone. A reminder about how we will be singing our psalm during the season of Lent. The choir will sing every verse and you will sing every second verse, every even verse along with us. As a little reminder, when you see the little arrow, that means the note changes. When you see the dash, that also means that a note changes. So we'll demonstrate and have the choir sing verse two for you as an example. You G, Michael?
4: So our adventure continues.
0: A reading from, from Paul's
4: letter, Paul's letter to, to the, the Romans. Romans what, what then, then are we to say was gained by Abraham our ancestor according to the flesh for if Abraham was justified by works he has something to boast about but not before God for what does the scripture say Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one who without works, trusts him who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs faith is null and the promise is void for the law brings wrath but where there is no law neither is there violation for this reason it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants not only to the adherents of the law But also to those who share the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of all of us, as it is written I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. The word of the Lord.
1: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We're preaching throughout this season on the epistle, the second reading you hear um, which was read beautifully today by Missy. Good work on hard stuff, Missy. Um, uh, sometimes when I hear these gospel readings, there's so much to preach about, but we are going to stick with uh, what's going on in this letter to the Romans. We've been studying Romans through for almost six months now in our Thursday morning Bible study, so there are a handful of people here could be, who could be preaching instead of me, but you get to just sit and see how I do. Um, you'll let me know on Thursday. Um, for those of you who are not part of the Bible study, there's just a, a little bit of onboarding I want to do, get you on the same page a little bit, which is that these this, this is literally a letter that's written by Paul to a church in Rome, and this church is made up of people who believe in Jesus, and it is made up what we can tell based on the letter that's written of both Jewish believers and non-Jewish or Gentile believers, and these are people who throughout Uh, Their lives throughout their past, throughout their parents' lives and their grandparents' lives and their great-grandparents' lives have not shared life together any more than they had to. They've lived together in some kind of society. They've all lived in Rome together, perhaps, but they have basically kept within their culture, within their religious understanding and their lives. And now they've come to believe in Jesus. And because they believed in Jesus, they believe in the way, they're supposed to, the way they're supposed to believe in Jesus is by sharing community with each other. And so now they're creating this community across these cultural differences that have lasted for generations and centuries. They're now seeking to be together, to share life together. And as you might imagine, if you've ever tried to share your life with anyone, whether they be of your culture or not, tensions arise. And Paul's letter speaks and writes into those tensions directly, talking to a group of people. And at the core of their question is, who is this good news of God and Jesus Christ? Who's it for? Who's it for? That's the basic question. And what we're getting at today is just a little piece of Paul's response to who is it for? Who is God's good news? Who's God's love for? Before we go any further, I want to talk a little bit about therapy, psychotherapy, yeah! I am not a therapist, but I have had a lot of therapy, so I'm a little bit of a pro in my own way. That's not something I make a, a joke of or a secret about, it is something that I've talked about often. If you don't know me well, I don't really mind talking about it, I think it's important that we're honest about the fact that we need help in this life, we need help sorting through our things, and I'm no different than anyone else in that. Uh, One thing that I've noticed, if you've ever done therapy, this will not surprise you at all, you talk about your parents a little bit. (laughs) No, it's true. You don't have to go to a Freudian either. It's just a thing that happens. You talk about your parents, right? And what's fascinating when you go through therapy is without your parents' input at all, they might be long gone, they might be out of your life, they might already be dead. When you go through therapy and do these conversations and start to work through some things, your understanding of your parents changes your relationship with your parents change, even when they're not there. Think about that. They're not even with you to make it better or worse. They're somewhere else completely, and through the work that you do, you come to understand them differently, right? You come to understand who they are. Now, generally what happens in therapy is you start by complaining a lot, and and your parents sort of kind of become a little bit like um, the worst, just it's what happens. But if you stick with it, you move through that place of just like deep complaining about all the things they did wrong you couldn't ever tell them about, and you get to that place of messiness and complexity where you realize that your relationship is deep and rich, and there's so much love, even through the complexity, and even with your problems, and even in their shortcomings, you understand something about them, and then, If you keep going, something amazing happens, which is your parents actually become human. (laughs) Stick with it till that point. That's when things get wild, And this is true, by the way, in all relationships, whether or not you're in therapy. You can, without someone being around, you can think about them and you can have an understanding of who they are that can shift and change. And our goal, of course, as Christians, genuinely I mean this, our goal as Christians is actually to get to a place where we see one another as human, as fully human, so that we may love and be loved for who we are and not for who we idealize people to be. But anyway, what's that got to do with Paul's letter to the Romans? I'm going to tell you. Paul uses this term righteousness a lot throughout this reading, and he suggests that we want to be righteous. And if you're like me, first of all, the first thing that happens is you go, do I actually want to be righteous? You know, righteousness, as we hear it, doesn't actually, isn't always a compliment in our cultural language. When we refer to someone as righteous, we actually usually mean self-righteous, right? Someone who just walks around as if they're better than everyone else. Just has this sort of air about them that they get something that you don't. They're kind of the worst, so when you hear someone's righteous, you don't want to be righteous. Except, in fact, you did not have to be at church at 9 o'clock on a Sunday, and here you all are. So you actually are interested in righteousness, it turns out. <laughs> righteousness, as Paul describes it, in the simplest of terms for us is being in a good and healthy relationship with God. That's what he means by righteousness. To be in a good and healthy relationship with God with the one who made you. Righteousness, right relationship. That's it. Paul is talking to a group of people about what it means for them to be in a good and healthy relationship with their God. And he knows something that you and I both know, we all know as well, which is that so much of being in a healthy and good relationship with someone is how you view them, is how you approach them. If you see people as obstacles to your health, to your well being, to your prosperity, you will treat them as if they are obstacles. If you see someone in your family as the reason for all of your pain, you will not actually be able to have a good and healthy and loving relationship with them. If you approach someone as if they are inherently valuable, that something within them is real and true and beautiful and good, and you know it's there whether you see it or not, that will affect the way that you interact with them. And your relationship with someone, whether they're in front of you or not, So much of your relationship depends on how you enter into that relationship, the lens through which you view that person. Now, as Christians, we believe that God is present all the time by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is with us right now. Whether I say the right thing or the wrong thing, God is here. God is in it. And also, God is super obnoxious because we can't see God. We are told to believe in God and we are told that God is present and with us, and we are also told that God is invisible and mostly quiet, and good luck finding God. But don't stop believing. That's frustrating. In God's apparent absence, what we are capable of doing is making up all sorts of ideas of who God is and what kind of relationship we have with God, and this is what Paul is digging right into. Do you get into a good relationship with God through your actions? Or do you get into a good relationship with god through faith that's what he's getting at at its core that's where paul is going and his basic premise is really simple if i go into my relationship with god thinking that i am at a deficit but I have to act exactly right, and if I do all the right things and act all the right ways and believe perfectly the things that I'm supposed to believe, then God will find me acceptable and I will be in right relationship with God. You live like that and you're in for a world of misery. It doesn't work. And yet, think about how often we view God that way as the one who's going to show up and be disappointed in us as the one who's watching from afar and hoping we will get it right so God can finally be proud of you. Paul is talking to a group of people and saying your works will not make you righteous. And what he's saying, he's not saying works don't matter. He's saying if you enter into a relationship with God thinking that you have to get everything right and do all the right things in order to have a good and healthy relationship with God, you will never know God's heart. He says, if you have faith like Abraham has, and we're going to get into that, if you have faith like Abraham has, there is a possibility that you can have a good and healthy relationship with your maker. A good and healthy relationship with your maker. So what kind of relationship does Abraham have with God? God shows up in Abraham's life and says, I'm going to bless you your life Abraham is a blessing and I love you and I'm with you and I have your back and you're such a blessing that through you so many other people will be blessed and do you know what Abraham does he believes it he believes it And Paul says that is reckoned as righteousness. That is what good and healthy relationship with God looks like. It is not about doing everything perfectly, believing all the right things, being the right religion or denomination. It is. It is believing that God is in your corner. It is believing that God approaches you with love, believing that you, you, You are a blessing. Yes, you. That you, as you are, are blessed by God, loved by God, and you, as you are, have the capacity to participate with God in the blessing and the healing and the reconciling of this world. That you have a part in it. If when you see God coming down the lane, you think, oh my gosh, I look like this and my house isn't clean and what will I do? That's not good and healthy relationship. If when you see God coming down the lane, you say, here comes blessing, here comes love, my heart is filled, I can't wait to find out how I'm loved, that is good and healthy relationship. And you don't have to be religious to get this, because again, you know this in your real friendships and relationships in your life. You know the people that when they come over, you don't even care that your house is a mess? You know those people where you don't even say, I'm sorry it's a mess? because they're just in and they love you and you know it? Is that, are those the good relationships? The healthy ones? The people who, when you see them, you see something beautiful and powerful and you recognize how they're loving this world. And the people who make you feel like loving more, that is good and healthy relationship. And what Paul's talking about today is simply, how do we have a good and healthy relationship with the one who made us? We do it First and foremost, by just having the right lens at which we look at God. So this week, in your Lenten journey, as you think about this relationship with God, as you take a look at your life with God, I ask you, what kind of relationship is it? And I don't mean, do you pray enough? Do you go to church enough? Do you believe the right things? I'm not. Can't, what way do you see God? And how do you believe God sees you? The faith that makes us righteous is faith that God loves us. The thing that puts us into a right frame of mind that allows us to have a healthy and good relationship with God is one where we see God for who God actually is, which is a God of love and blessing who raises from the dead and forgives sins, brings healing and justice, and loves us with a peace that passes all understanding. We seek righteousness not because we want to be self-righteous, but because we want a healthy and good relationship with the one who made us. And if we're serious about that, then we must truly be serious about the truth that God is love. In Jesus' name.
2: And is seated at the right hand of the father he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and god's kingdom will have no end we believe in the holy spirit the lord the giver of life who proceeds from the father and the son with the father and the son she is worshiped and glorified she has spoken through the prophets we believe in one holy catholic and apostolic church We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Here in the wilderness, we pray to you, O God, that in our cares and concerns for the whole human family, the truth of your word may shine forth in our lives.
5: We pray this day for your church, that she may drink from living springs and traverse the desert in trust and hope. Pray for the church. We pray this day for the world, especially the people of Ukraine, that we may come to live as one family in peace and freedom, that may, we may grow beyond aggression violence and fear pray for the world we pray this day for our nation that we may be reconciled and healed that our leaders be wise that our children be nurtured and our lives peaceful and just pray for our country We pray for those who suffer, for the poor, the sick, and those who care for them, the hungry, the oppressed, those struggling with mental health concerns, and those in prison. We pray for Noah Bass, Ryan Patel, Hannah Teeter, Bill Thamen, we pray for those around the world affected by disasters, for the victims of the chemical spill in East Palestine, Ohio, and the victim of the earthquakes in Syria and Turkey. We pray for those impacted by gun violence, both those who have been injured and those who have been killed, for families and friends in cities and towns across our country and close to home, especially those in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, West Palm Beach, Florida, St. Paul, Minnesota, Detroit, Michigan, Memphis, Tennessee, Pompano Beach, Florida, McChesney Park, Illinois, New Richmond, Ohio. Pray for those in any need or trouble. We pray this day for the departed, for Jane Jenkins, sister-in-law of Joyce Keishin. Pray for those who have died.
2: God of mercy, in this season of Lent, we pray you change our hearts, mend our lives, And lead us to places of healing and wholeness. We ask this in the name of the one who came that we might have life and have it abundantly, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. things come of thee, O Lord. And as I know, I will be thee. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
3: It is right to give God thanks and grace.
2: It is truly right to glorify you, Father, and to give you thanks. For you alone are God, living and true, dwelling in light inaccessible from before time and forever. Fountain of life and source of all goodness, you made all things and filled them with your blessing. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Countless throngs of angels stand before you to serve you night and day. And beholding the glory of your presence, they offer you unceasing praise. Joining with them and giving voice to every creature under heaven, we acclaim you and glorify your name as we sing. Lord, glorious in power, your mighty works reveal your wisdom and love. You formed us in your own image, giving the whole world into our care, so that in obedience to you, our creator, we might rule and serve all your creatures. When our disobedience took us far from you, you did not abandon us to the power of death, In your mercy, you came to our help, so that in seeking you, we might find you. Again and again, you called us into covenant with you, and through the prophets, you taught us to hope for salvation. Father, you loved the world so much that in the fullness of time, you sent your only Son to be our Savior. Incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, He lived as one of us, yet without sin. To the poor, he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners, freedom, to the sorrowful, joy. To fulfill your purpose, he gave himself up to death, and rising from the grave, destroyed death, and made the whole creation new. And that we might live no longer for ourselves, But for him who died and rose for us, he sent the Holy Spirit, his own first gift for those who believe, to complete his work in the world and to bring to fulfillment the sanctification of all. When the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, his Heavenly Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. At supper with them, he took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks to them, Given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Father, we now celebrate the memorial of our redemption recalling Christ's death and his descent among the dead, proclaiming his resurrection and ascension to your right hand, awaiting his coming in glory, and offering to you from the gifts you have given us, this bread and this cup. We praise you and we bless you. We We praise you, we bless you, 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 we give thanks thanks to you, you, and we we pray pray to you, Lord our God, Lord, we pray that in your goodness and mercy, your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and upon these gifts, sanctifying them and showing them to be holy gifts for your holy people, the bread of life and the cup of salvation, the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that all who share this bread and cup may become one body and one spirit, a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your name. Remember, Lord, your one holy Catholic and apostolic Church, redeemed by the blood of your Christ. Reveal its unity, guard its faith, and preserve it in peace. And grant that we may find our inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary and with all the saints who have found favor with you in ages past. We praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, all honor and glory are yours, almighty God and Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
0: God, Almighty Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. bread of heaven. Blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be upon you now and always. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven.
2: Please stand as you are able. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace. And grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you. My friends, life is short, and we have little time to gladden the hearts of those who travel the way with us. So be swift to love make haste to be kind. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit be among you now and remain with you unto the ages of ages. Amen.